postmodern and post-Christian are both terms that the, the church seriously needs to retire. We're going to the world to tell them who we are, and we're not going to the world to present who God is. A world in which so much is focused on building walls and keeping people out. An alternative way to live is to live by... It's almost like raising up white flag and saying, Ah! It's all the secular people's fault and no one's listening or coming to our evangelistic campaign. How can we redesign Adventism to be effective at reaching emerging Western culture? That's what the Story Church podcast is all about. Adventism Redesigned. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Marcus here. I want to welcome you back to the Story Church Podcast for another week and another episode that we get to explore what it's like to redesign Adventism for mission. And this week I'm super stoked, guys. I'm super stoked because I finally have the chance to sit down with a legend when it comes to to connecting with people who who wouldn't typically show up at our churches. So <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm sitting down here to have a conversation. And, and the title of our conversation today is how to connect with people who don't like church, right? How to connect with people who don't like church. And each of you probably have people like that in your life, uh, especially if you're in contact with, with secular people today. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, hey, I'm spiritual, but, you know, I don't do the whole church thing. So how do you connect with people like that? Like, what are, what are things that we can do to make our churches more meaningful for them, um, to, to, to make our relationships with them and the pursuit of truth more meaningful? But I'm not alone. Like I said, I'm sitting down with a legend, and uh, his name is Pastor Willie Ramos. Willie, welcome to the podcast, bro. What's up? What's up, brother? Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, what an honor, man. Uh, you're the legend, bro. Rumor has it, you're the legend. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm definitely not. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny that we're, th- we're tossing the word legend around because I always like to start my podcast episodes whenever I'm interviewing someone uh, with, right. with, with having them sort of introduce who they are and a little bit of their background. I, I, know, I know you from, you know, books I've read of you and, and sermons I've heard of you in the past. Um, but others who are listening may not know you. So please, uh, for the next maybe minute or two, tell us about the legend of Willie Ramos. <laughs> cool, man, cool. Um, well, uh, the kids call me the ghetto preacher. Uh, one time I went to preach at a, at a Christian high school, and they said, ladies and gentlemen, the ghetto preacher. And I was looking around, man. I said, who's the ghetto preacher? And the girl said, no, you, you. I said, why do you call me the ghetto preacher? And she said, because you're ghetto and you're a preacher. <laughs> yeah. So I, I loved him. I kept it and I trademarked the name in www.ghettopreacher.com because of her. <laughs> and um, the kid's been calling me that for 20 years, man. Um, I take pride on the name because, um, because Jesus was the first ghetto preacher. You know, is there anything good that can come out of Nazareth? Mm. So Jesus came from the slums and he was the best preacher ever. But, um, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. To God be the glory. Um, I'm an author, uh, international evangelist. I've been over there to Australia like six or seven times, and and all over the world, man. I'm from the I'm from the mean streets, man. A little uh, small hood in Miami, and God has sent me all around the world to uh, proclaim the everlasting gospel of Jesus. Mm, that is awesome, bro. That is awesome. Wow, Amen. wow. So, before we close the episode today. I'm going to ask you to just tell us a little bit about your books and, and where we could get them as well so people can okay. connect with your story and, and hear a little bit more 
just about how God has been working in your life and yeah, just the amazing things he's been doing, been doing throughout your life, man. Now, look, before, right. before we continue, because we're going we're gonna to dive into this conversation on, you know, what, how, how do we how do we how do we make a church? Right. Or how do we how do we connect with people who don't like church, you know, in, in our local churches, in our personal lives as well? Before we do that, I'm curious, man. I'm curious. I got a, I got a, a question here. Um, yeah, yeah. If there was one thing, one thing, one thing that helped you survive well, I don't know, man. I, I think I have to rephrase the question because this question is very Australian. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, give me one thing that helped you survive the pandemic. But the, the problem is, it's not over in the U.S., man. That thing's still going. Um, especially in Florida. Especially in Florida. Where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let me re- see, because I'm in Perth. Like we've had like zero cases for the last few is days. Right? And there's only 16 cases statewide. Over wow, in Melbourne is looking bad in Sydney and stuff, but over here, yeah. So, all right, I, I, I let me let me throw my bias aside. Okay, so so pandemic's going strong, not good in Florida. What what's one thing you're doing to get you through? Uh, you know, and, and I I just try to stay busy, man. I, I'm I'm in the dungeon right now, and I suffer from depression, man. To be honest, um, ever since uh you know childhood traumas, I got PTSD, but um, but. I have to t- stay busy. I have to stay busy. When when the pandemic first hit, man, I was depressed, man, and I was, to be honest, man, it sounds a little weak, but I was crying, uh, just alone, and, and nothing was happening, and, and I was safe, but I was I felt like I was in the cave in the dungeon, and um, but but I'm like, nah, man, I have to fight this. I have to uh, grab God's hands and get out of this dungeon, man. So I'm staying busy, man, just uh, exercising my mind. So what I'm doing now to fight the pandemic, if you will, for me, or at least in my mental, is I'm writing, man, I'm writing. Um, today, I, I wrote like seven chapters of a new book called Tears of a Clown. And um, yeah, man, so staying busy. And before that, I was I was doing some video, like Facebook Live, like every Yeah, every I, watched, I watched a bunch of those. Those were good. I was sad when you were like, hey, I'm taking a Facebook break. I was like, no, I want more videos. <laughs> <laughs> check this out so after that man is when i really got depressed because i wasn't busy no more mm-hmm. you know so after after my last um sermon on facebook live i got real depressed man so i had to kind of fight myself out of it and start writing man start writing again get back to the lab um and you know what check this out the last sermon that i preached on facebook live i made an altar call through zoom and my homeboy said nobody does that man but but you know, to God be the glory, nobody's the ghetto preacher. So, <laughs> but I, but I did it to God be the glory, and seven people um, got up and and they wrote down that they wanted to get baptized. And last wow. week, I just baptized four of them. Nice, wow, bro. Yeah, man. Oh, that yeah, is pra- awesome, bro. That is awesome. I love it. Yeah, praise the Lord, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> man, I love stories like that, dude. That is. That's Amen. intense, man. So you got another book coming along. Hopefully hopping back on Facebook to do more cool videos soon. I'll be watching, bro. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Uh, I, I really love them, man. And, and you know, <clears throat> um, one of the things I love about you is, and, and, and maybe most of the, uh, the listeners won't, won't necessarily know um, some of these names, but there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a history within our church of, of, of preachers who are like masters at storytelling. You know, so you got like Alejandro Bullon, you know, yeah. and, and Walter Pearson and, and things right. like, you know, like they're, they're masters at going to the text 
and just exploring the story and, and bringing out just this real existential meaning from the story. And yeah, um, yeah that, that's definitely a gift that you have. Like when, I, when I'm watching the way you sort of unpack the stories of Jesus and you, then you bring it into the real everyday nitty gritty it's awesome, bro. It's awesome. So when Thank I say I want, I want more videos, I want more videos, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know how that came about, man, to God be the glory. Thanks. Um, when I was young, man, my mom invited me to church. Uh, I was just a visitor. And I, I'm, I'm wearing my dickies and my converses. That was a, a gang uh, dress code at the time with my mad dogs, my glasses. And my mom invited me to church, and I heard this dude preaching. I wish I knew his name so I can give him props and I can give him the credit, but he, he was a, a Puerto Rican dude like us, and but he was he was speaking in English and he was like, Jesus got inside his Trans Am and, and the devil was following him with his Impala and, and he, <laughs> he brought it down to earth, man. Yeah. And I told myself that time, yo, uh, because I wanted to be a rapper, I, I, and, and, and I always kind of admired the Slick Rick uh, he used to have uh, in his raps, like stories. But I said to myself, yo, if I ever become a preacher, because my mom said when I was young, I used to say that I wanted to be a pastor, like when I was four years old. Mm. And I said, if I ever become a preacher, like my mom says, I'm going to do it like that dude right there, man. I'm going to bring the Bible to, to nowadays. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to bring, I'm going to make the Bible relevant to today for the youth and um praise god man i think he's giving me that talent to do that i try to take every bible um story and how would willie ramos the ghetto preacher say this story mm. um for example doubting thomas everybody's gonna say don't be like thomas and and i'm like no i'm gonna flip it i'm gonna vouch for thomas i'm gonna try to um help him out and um I'm going to tell everybody, we have to be like Thomas before entering the kingdom of heaven because he wanted to see it for himself. He mm. wanted to feel God for himself. And, and But we focus on the negative. I'm like, nah, I'm going to take the good in everybody and every Bible story uh, and, and even the bad, and I'm going to exploit that for mm. God's glory and honor. That's awesome, man. You know, it's funny. You just reminded me of something. Uh, David Asherick said in a sermon ages ago that um, I was like, oh, I can't believe he said that. You know, he was talking about Doubt and Thomas. You know, he's like, you know, people in church like to make fun of Doubt and Thomas. He was like, hey, Doubt and Thomas got killed. I think it was in India. Like they drove a spear yeah, through him did. because he was preaching the gospel so bold. And then he said, I trade a few of you for some Doubt and Thomases. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, that aside, <laughs> oh, David, hey, that's, the, that's, things David the, the, the things David, the things David says sometimes are just awesome. They're hilarious. But, um, I like the dude too. He's outside the box, man. I remember mm. people used to give him some beats because of his tattoos. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yep, yep, I've heard the stories too, man, but that's, you know, that's, a, yeah, that's another guy right there who doesn't necessarily fit the script, but it's just, you can see the Spirit of God working, you know, you can see the Spirit of God working, bro, so awesome. Amen. And Amen. I, that's probably a really good, like, really good place to, to transition into this conversation, you know, like, how, how do we connect as local churches and as individual, you know, believers of Jesus, followers of Jesus, how do we connect with people who don't like church? Now, I'll give you like a... a, a uh, a quick example um, of the experience that I've had, and I've shared it on the podcast before, but when I first got to Australia, um, I was aware that secularism is essentially the, the you know, the, the, 
the ethos here, the, the milieu is very, very secular. And <clears throat> I, I was aware of that. And, but it's still like when you actually begin to make friends with people who are secular, that's when you, that's when you see how big the chasm is. Like it's so big, bro. Like it's so big. Um, and so <laughs> I was working with this guy who was a doctor, um, probably in his 30s, young guy. Um, and this was before the conference here hired me as a pastor. And uh, we're driving one day and I'm like, I'd already gotten the call. So I tell him, oh, I'm not going to be doing this for much longer because I, you know, I, I went to school to be a pastor. And that's what I'm going to be doing now. I, I just got hired to pastor and he looks at me he's like what's a pastor mm. uh, <laughs> wow. and i had like a like a preset answer in my head right like i'm gonna tell him if anyone ever asked me what a pastor is because i know australia is secular so i probably don't know too well what that is i'll just tell him it's kind of like a like a chaplain in a hospital except i mm. work in a church not a hospital so i told him i'm, I'm kind of like a chaplain um except i work in a church not a hospital and he was like what's a chaplain and I was like, wait oh, a minute, wow. you're a doctor, you know, like, how do you not know what a chaplain is? He's like, oh, I see them roaming around, but I have no idea what they do or what they're about. What? I was like, what? Like, never even, never even had enough curiosity to be like, what exactly do you do, chaplain? You know, like, even though he worked in the ED, you know, <laughs> he was right, just right. clueless, yeah, clueless, wow, clueless, crazy. man. And um, so, you know, it, little experiences like that, you know, it shows me that, it, and I want to clarify that in my title because, you know, it's like our title for the episode is, you know, how do we connect with people who don't like church? We need to expand the meaning of don't like church to don't even know the church exists Yeah. because that's such yeah. a reality today. Like there was a time where people, people's relationship with the church was, I hate it. But now people are like, huh? Like, I don't even think yeah. about it, you know? <laughs> you're right, right. So, you're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so let, let's start there, man. I just throw this question out there and we'll just see what happens, bro. We'll just go from there. Like, how, how can we, let's start with the personal, right? We can move to the church later on. Let's start with the personal. Like, how can yeah. we individually be the kind of people who connect with people who either don't like or don't even really think about something like church? You know, they don't have our traditions. They don't have our categories. They don't have our convictions. They live a totally, totally different life they're in a totally different world how do we connect meaningfully with with these kinds of people for the sake of of the gospel right right you know what i do uh, to be honest man i i don't start off like that i don't start off with for the sake of the gospel i start off with just for friendship mm. I, I i start off just for me and you yes yes let's go kick it play basketball or, or, or whatever, bowling. Yes, I, I look at it that way because because if, if I started off, at least me, if I started off for the sake of the gospel, man, it's gonna it's gonna add pressure to me. And 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 I and, and I don't I don't wanna carry that cross, man. It's just more pressure and then I, I feel like I have to um act my best in front of them um uh, because I'm trying to win them to the Lord. But um, so I, I go in it to, to make friends first. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, meet them, meet them where they are. I read a book. Um, I believe the book is called Desire of Ages, and and the writer says that that Jesus did that. Jesus met them at their needs, in their needs, and and, and then he said, follow him. So so even if they're not in need, 
I'm going to meet them where they're at. Mm. Um, instead of this holier than thou, um, everybody else is going to hell but us mentality, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go meet them where they at just for me first, just because I want to kick it. And, and, and then they're going to start noticing who I am because it oozes out of me. You know what I'm saying? I don't even have to try it. This Jesus, Jesus just oozes from my, from my pores. But um, I go in there like that first, man, just just to make friends. Just, let's just, I, I, I want to know. I, I, I'm a people person. I want to know about your life. Holler at your boy. Let me know where you've been. Let me know what ghetto or what mansion you come from. I that's love how it, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, bro. That's awesome. And like, that's it so, so true. Yeah. I think it leaves me from the pressure of trying to win them over for God. Mm. And then because, because, because it gets into our head, man, because, because Jesus said, um, go fishing. He says, um, well, I will make you fishers of men. Mm. But, but with that mentality, we feel like we have to go fishing plus clean the fish. And we can't even clean ourselves, man. God, <laughs> Amen, bro. Yes, yes. That that's yeah. awesome, man. I love it, and it's so true. But like, one of the things that I often teach people, and I think this is true no matter who you're reaching out to, but it's I find it to be especially sensitive in in sort of like a postmodern environment, where if you approach someone with a top down relationship, you know. I'm the Christian. I have the truth. Yeah. Um, I have the, you know, the keys <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and, and you're the, you know, you're the, uh, the seeker who needs to learn everything I have. You know, um, if you approach people with that top down relationship, number one, it does put pressure yeah. on you. And there's a reason, like I, I, I meet people all the time who are like, Hey, I want to share my faith, but I just don't know enough. And what they're thinking in that top-down category, right? They're thinking yep. like, I've got to be the yep. teacher, they're the student, and I got to teach, teach, teach. But I don't know enough right. to teach, so I don't want to. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, I mean, the Samaritan woman didn't know a lot, you know. That's right. The the demoniac in the in the beach, the Gerasene beach. Like, I mean, that he lived in a region with pigs. They weren't reading the Torah, you know. Like, it's he didn't know a lot. You know? <laughs> Mary right. Magdalene, right. you know. But these people were building the kingdom like right away. You know, like Samaritan woman goes back to her town, brings back a crowd for Jesus. You know, demoniac goes back to his town. Jesus comes back to the region sometime later and people receive him. You know, Mary Magdalene, Peter, all these people, they didn't know a lot. But the thing is, when you have this top down idea, like I'm up here, the person who's seeking God is down there. It puts that extra pressure on you. And in a, in a, in a very Western secular context, it, it doesn't work either because then you come across as the religious know-it-all. Yeah. You know, yeah. with all, with all the, the and, guru. And that's a turn yeah. off. That's it's a turn off. It's a major turn off. Yeah. So I love what you're saying because I often encourage people like, look, it's not top down. It's side to side. You're traveling together. Yes. You know, yeah, we're, we're all the same at the foot of the cross. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, so. And, and look, look what um, the Samaritan woman said. She said, Come with me, and I'm gonna show you a guy that told me all my life story. Mm. It, it wasn't even told me the 28 doctrines. It wasn't even told me uh, about Genesis to Revelation, about my life story. He he told me about me, mm. and 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 I think that's the approach, man. I think that's the approach. Um, Jesus just stepped up to her, man. That, that, that's a dope way to minister, right there, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so I, like I love that because I think if 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 we embrace that more and we realize like, look, this isn't a top-down relationship. This is we're we're fellow travelers, you know. Yes. I, yes. I connect I, with I, a neighbor I, or a friend and say, hey, you know, let's just let's just. Well, I don't necessarily say this, but in my head, it's like let's just let's just get to know each other. Let's just love each other. No strings attached, you know. And like you said, yeah. because Jesus is in you, He's gonna ooze out anyways. The questions will eventually come. And that's good, bro. And then what you said right there, with no strings attached. Mm. What we do in the church is is we have strings attached. We got a, a hook, line, and sinker by hook or by crook. You know, no man <laughs> with no strings attached, man. Just. And, and I think that's how Jesus ministered, man. If, if you want to follow me, follow me. If not, okay, don't. Mm. Um, but he gave him the option. And, 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 and he, I think Paul, I think it was Paul or Peter tells Titus, um, make the gospel attractive. Whoa. Attra just, just by letting God pour out, man. You don't have to throw these programs. I know some churches here in the States, man, that before the quarantine and the pandemic, Man, they were giving out gift cards of $200 for the people that would come inside the church. It's like, what? You, you, you're buying them? Mm. And, and it's, it's crazy, man. No, man, no. It's no strings attached, man. And, and that's how God catches them. Yeah, I think that's, that's awesome, how God man. Hey, that's, 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 because, that's, that's not as bad as uh, when, I, when, I, when I left Tennessee years ago before I came back to Australia, man. Oh, this is this, this so Southern. Oh, my goodness. Southern <laughs> culture. Not, not Southern as a university, but Southern, you know, as the, the, the region. It's, it's such an <laughs> such a, um, awesome, awesome group of people, man. That's all I can say. No, I, 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 yeah. I love the South. They're amazing people. But, um, but there was a fix Baptist it, church. There was, there was a Baptist <laughs> church in the region that was offering for all first-time guests... For all first-time guests, a free rifle. A free what? A rifle. A free what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, man. You can't fault them for creativity, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is um, funny. Yeah, man. Oh. But you're right. Like, a lot of times we come up with these really elaborate sort of sales funnels. Yeah. And it's like, man, if... If we just really got to know people disinterestedly is the old school word, right? The disinterest, you know, like no strings attached. We got to know people really deeply, really relationally, relationally and just trusted the Holy Spirit to, to, to flow through us in a really meaningful okay. and powerful way, man. Like there's less pressure on you to have all the answers, to know everything and, and, yeah. and, and, and to be, you know, the guru evangelist who baptizes, you know, 30, 40 people a year. Um, but at the same time, it's much more winsome, especially for people in today's culture. Especially for today, yes, yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. And we, we, we want to put like a, like worms uh, and to catch the fish and stuff like that. But but once we do that, then then we're gonna try to get the glory for ourselves. We just we are glory hounds just by nature, and, and, and no strings attached. Is God let God do it? Let, mm. let God do it. You know what I'm saying? But but you're right, man. It's 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 always like let's let's see how to buy them in. Mm. Whoa, you know what yeah. I'm saying? That's right. It's, yeah. It's, so yeah, I'm curious. No I'm, price to pay. I wanna I wanna I wanna just go down this rabbit hole just a little bit more because yeah. I know that like you didn't you didn't grow up, you know, like a lot of people in church and um, sort of like that's your world type of thing. 
So what what was your experience like? Like when you first came to Christ and you first began to experience, you know, the gospel and church, what, what was that experience like for you? Because I'm, I'm thinking mostly because I'm Latin and I grew up in a Latino church. Yeah. And Latino churches are, are not necessarily the most seeker friendly. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, man. T- t- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me your story a, a little bit more. It was bad, bro. It was bad because, check this out. My brother got kicked out of church as a visitor just because he had long hair. My brother, was like the sons of anarchy, he has long hair and a beard. He walked in the church. They kicked him out, man. Um, and, and, and throughout all my youth, I, I was going through that, man. Everybody was, uh, they weren't ready. They weren't ready for, for street brothers, uh, uh, street people. My sisters, my sisters, uh, they eventually fled the church. Check it out. A place that was supposed to be a safe heaven. They, they, they escaped it like if it was Alcatraz or something. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing because, at that, but it, the way you worded it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, uh, it was a pastor's wife that caught all my sister's prostitutes because my sister had jewelry. My, all my sisters had jewelry at the time. Mm. So I, I had a bad experience, man. But to be honest, um, I, I had a fight to stay here, man. The politics. Um, um, the Bible says, seek the kingdom of heaven by force. And I had to force myself to stay, unfortunately. And that sounds horrible, man. That sounds horrible. But I had, man, because in our churches, we don't have deacons. I say in my sermons, we got bouncers, man. We got airport security. <laughs> and they're checking your every move, man. And, um, but, but it, it was bad, man. I, I, I had to force myself to stay, and and I was being me. For example, um, they wanted me to stay in church and and participate, but I had to wear a suit and tie. I'm like, I, if I'm gonna wear a suit and tie, bam, I'm putting Jordans on. Know what I mean? Uh, or I'm gonna put graffiti in my ties, man. I'm I'm gonna be me. So so it took them a while to accept me, man. I've been I've been in the gospel for 20 years and. And now it's kind of like, oh, okay, okay. He's not going nowhere. He stood the test of time. <laughs> but um, but it was it was bad, man. It was bad. I, I had to force myself to stay because of these um, these <laughs> these bouncers or these these uh, so-called uh, uh, guardians of the law. So how did you find the contrast between church culture, which was what you've just described, and street culture? Hey, to be honest, man, and this sounds bad too, but I got more enemies now in the church than when I was in the streets. Um, so they're just as vicious, man, if not more vicious, because in the streets you expect, you expect, you know, the gang, the rival gang member to beat you up or shoot you or, or, or hit you with a bat. But in church, you don't expect that, man. You expect people to come at you with love, but um, they, they. They, they see who you are and they're just in shock. It's almost like we have to have a class or a school of how to minister to street people because um because they don't know, man. We, for example, in America, check this out, homie. In America, and God bless them, bro, God bless them, but they, they hire preachers from South America to come minister to the street kids in philadelphia man it's it's not gonna work it, it's it's not gonna work man or 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 dudes from puerto rico and Antillian 
or Monte Morelos in Mexico, it's not gonna work. You can't put somebody from over there from the farm to minister to street kids, man, from, from Philly or, or, or the Windy City, Chirac. You can't, man. So it's knowing your crowd, man. It's, 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 well, and it's accepting it. Like, when I stayed in the church, I knew what to expect now. I'm like, okay, okay, um, it's going to take some time. Um, because look at if, if, if we go down to history, um, gangsters and prostitutes didn't kill Jesus. The church did. Religious people did. They didn't understand his radical ways. So I said, well, if they persecute Jesus, of course they're going to persecute me. I'm nobody. But, um, but, but I go in there now understanding that. You know what I'm saying? And now when they diss me, it's, I don't even really take it personal no more. I cannot understand it. Okay, I understand where you're from, where you're coming from. Uh, give me some time. You know, give me some time and, and you'll get to know who I am and, and vice versa. But now I go in there with that street mentality, like, okay, um, they might hit me. They might hit me, but uh, <laughs> but I, I, I know, man, it's not their fault. It's the way they were raised. Nobody broke the cycle. Mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. And I, I find that, like, I find that amazing because... You know, when we're talking about like how do you how do you connect with people who don't like church or who people don't think about church, you know, people don't have this background. Um, it's amazing how like we can make that conversation really complicated, but it's also so simple. Yeah. You know, like really simple things like acceptance and inclusivity and you know, not being judgmental. I mean, that alone goes a long way, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're right. My, um, uh, my, my, my wife visited a church one time with the kids I wasn't with her, and we didn't know anybody there. So, you know, as far as anyone knew, it was just a single mom who rocked up to church one Sabbath uh, that they'd never seen before. And the entire time we, she was there, not one person said hello. Wow, you know, yeah. and and for me, I'm like, you know, you go to the you go to the bookstore and you look up, you know, how to grow your church, and man, you'll find so many books. That's like a niche right now, you know. You could, you know, there's yes. so many books on that, and it's like, you know, how about how about you just say hello, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just yeah, like the 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 most basic elements of what it means to be human yeah. are oftentimes all it takes. To really connect meaningfully with someone and 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 beautifully with someone. And look, I, I grew up in a in a Latino church too, and there were beautiful people there, but there was definitely a culture that yeah. was, you know, as you have described. And I saw young people chased out of church so many times. Um, and in fact, I, I probably would have been as well because I had some negative experiences too, many of them. But it was it was really just encountering Jesus personally. And then, you know, it's kind of like you said, like you look at Jesus, it's like, hey, Jesus was never really, he was never cozy with the religious establishment. Like yeah. he, he was a threat to the religious establishment. And so in my head, it's like, well, if Jesus can be a threat to the religious establishment, then he's my kind of guy. I can dig that, I mean, you know, like I can follow him, you know, even though in, in church, I'm going to have headaches. Uh, yeah. I, at least I haven't been nailed to a cross yet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, go on, go on. I thought, and, yeah, and, yeah. and look what Jesus did. Something so simple is Jesus would ask questions, even from Eden's garden. He said, who told you you were naked? Mm. Just, just to make conversation, just mm. something that simple. And, and, and we can't even smile. 
what? We can't even smile. That doesn't cost you nothing. Yeah. But right. but we, we can't we can't laugh in church. Oh my god, we can't smile it, especially in the Latino churches. Why they would crucify you? Uh, man, I remember I couldn't even tap my foot, man, when the music was playing and I was like worshiping the Lord. Mm. I couldn't even tap my foot. My mom used to say, no, 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 that's un pecado. That's a mm. sin. Mm. It's like, tapping my foot is a sin? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, yeah. yeah. For those who are listening, for those who are listening, um, who don't have a background in, in Latino church culture, some of this might sound a little bit like, what? Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's legit. I just told, I, I work at two conservative churches here in Perth and, and I, 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 in my sermon this last Sabbath, I told one of them, I was like, you know, when, when I first got here, people were like, Hey, you know, the church you're going to work in is conservative and I think you're going to have a hard time. And then I got there and I was like, man, this ain't conservative. Like <laughs> the, the most conservative, the most conservative church I've been to in Australia is liberal by comparison to the Latino <laughs> church I grew up in there. And, you know, so, so for those who are, who are listening, it, you know, if you don't have that background, you might be like, you know, where, what, what is this? But it's, it's true. There's a, there's a, there's a very, um, here's a, here's a, a, a way to simplify it that can make it, maybe make it relevant across the board for everyone because I think we experience this in every culture and every church is just at different levels, but it's essentially the difference. I think what we're talking about here is, is a church that cares about people versus a church that cares about rules. And in, in many churches, not just Latin churches, but in many churches across the world, um, there is a tendency to be more concerned with the rules yeah. than there is to be concerned with people. Like we're more, yeah. we're more worried about, Hey, keep the rules than we are with, you know, love the people. And the weird thing is that nine times out of 10, and this is probably a rabbit hole. So like, uh, maybe, maybe we won't go down this one too far, but nine times out of 10, the rules that rile us up the most, they ain't even in the Bible. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's that's not like right. the 10 commandments are riling us up. Like, Hey, you know, it says yeah. don't murder. What are you doing? You know, yeah. like, I don't even see people mad about that. It's the dumb stuff. Right. Like, don't tap your foot. You know, like it's dumb stuff. That's not even in the Bible that we really get, get worked up over. And so the foundational uh, thing when, when it comes to creating a church culture and, and, and a, and a pattern that ministers effectively to people who don't like church or people don't think about church. I think is you first have to ask the question, what is your priority as a follower of Jesus? Is your priority people and ministering to mm. people or is your priority traditions and customs and, and a script, yes. a script that you've created or that we've collectively created that we want everyone to follow this script It's not biblical, but you got to follow the script or else you're not one of us, you know, and yes. for some yes. people and for some churches, that's the priority. You got to keep the script. You got to keep your traditions. You got to stick to the customs that's more important than reaching people, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, like, check this out. When I went to Australia the first time, uh, I went to Brisbane. And um, when I preached in Brizzy, they, at first they told me, because they were, they were shocked. They were like, whoa, who's this guy? And, and he's making fun of himself. And, 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 and I remember my first sermon, it was in a, in a, a, a theater. Mm. And my first sermon afterwards they came up to me and said no australians don't make fun of themselves um, australians don't make fun of themselves we have a little bit more pride and somebody said it with love hmm. and i said that's awesome plus they gave me some tim tams so <laughs> that's where it's at bro <laughs> they became my instant best friend and i took yeah. the criticism but but check this out 
after they got to know me, I preached seven days. After they got to know me, they're like, oh, that's just who he is. Mm -hmm. And they invited me four more times. And I, I've been over there to prison four more times after that because they got to hear me. They got to know me. They got to see who I was. Oh, okay, he means no harm. Mm -hmm. But if they would have never gave me the chance, man, I, I would have said forget it. And they would have said forget it. And we probably would have never been friends or they probably would have never understood why I do this and why I do that. Mm. But um, but they gave me a chance. They gave me a chance. And um, we need to start giving people a chance too. Jesus was outside the box. Now, now I'm not saying church in general is bad. Like I used to say this, to be honest. But last year, I almost died three times. A hernia exploded in my stomach and I was mm. getting poisoned. And I just started reflecting on everything when I almost died. And I used to say, um, uh, religion is horrible. Religion is horrible. But then I'm like, now, now, this is really 20 years later, still in the game and the smoke cleared. I'm like, no, if it wasn't for religion, I wouldn't know Jesus, to be honest. Hmm. So I don't find it horrible. It's just some people that do it horribly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. That's good. Yeah. Because Jesus was outside the box. Jesus was old school conservative and Jesus was straight liberal. Why? Because look at just Jesus speaking. He wanted to create the heavens and the earth and just spoke. That was his way. That was his tradition. That's the way he did things. Let there be light. That was his tradition. That was the way he rocked it. But then he went to heal a blind man and spit, spit, put it in the dude's eye outside the box Christianity. Because there's, you can do it both ways. You just mm. gotta do it correctly. Mm. Jesus was outside the box and he was inside the box. But listen, you just gotta know who you're ministering to. And you gotta know who you are first, right? Mm. If you don't know who you are, then you're gonna go to church expecting for the pastor to fill your tank up. Because you want, no, man, it's, it comes on one-on-one, -on -one, me and Jesus. Like right now, right now I'm in quarantine, it's me and Jesus one-on-one, one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? It starts with, with you first, then the church, mm. and then everybody else. My mom says, primero la casa, después la plaza. First your brothers, then all others. Yeah. Um, but, but that's how it starts, man. You got to look in the mirror and, and, you know, it's almost like it doesn't apply anymore because the Bible says... Um, love your neighbors like you do yourself wait a minute almost everybody hates themselves nowadays yeah so how am i gonna love my neighbor if i hate myself mm. you know it starts with with, with loving yourself and, and it really is all come down to love man love yeah, yourself love god love people yeah you know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was going to ask, like, you know, I, I think we've already talked about quite a few already. Um, I was, I was going to, like, ask, like, what are, what are the kind of things that churches do that get a, in the way of reaching the unreachable? And, and I think we've mentioned quite a few of them already. Um, but I was going to ask, like, how can we change that? But I think, you've again, you've hit on that. Like, it's fundamentally about loving yourself. And, and this is such a huge key because a lot of times what I find in, in people who... Um, struggle to love others and I see it in my own life as well as I look at, at you know as I look at my past at my history and sort of my own journey is that the times where I've struggled to love and accept people are always paralleled with the times where I've struggled to love and accept myself 
Exactly. So, but essentially what we do is we take that, you know, that, that pathological, unstable relationship with ourselves, we baptize it in Christian jargon, yes. and, and then we throw that onto other people and pretend we're doing God a favor, like we're standing up for holiness or something. But the reality is that there, we just, we, 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 we haven't come to the place where we love or accept ourselves in our relationship with God. We're not safe in our relationship with God. And what I discovered was, you know, I'll tell you a quick story, man, a quick, quick, quick story. Yeah. Uh, so I had a friend um, who, uh, how shall I put it? Um, I don't think, he, I don't, I don't think he'd mind me saying this because I think, I think he'd appreciate this. So when I, when I, when I oh. first, when I first met him, when I first met him, um, I put up with him. Mm. I put up with him because he would help me out on some things that I needed help with, but he was like really um, religiously uh, oppressive or, or repressive. And he had these really judgmental ideas. It was just terrible. And he would just go on and on and on. And I'd just be there like, oh, goodness, man. Like, when's this going to end, you know? Um, yeah. Really, really difficult to put up with. But I just put up with it because I was like, oh, you know, the guy's got some talents. He can help me out. Let me just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Um, anyways. I didn't see him for a while. And then the next time I saw him, he was a completely different person, mm -hmm. a completely different person. And he even apologized to me and wow. he'd, he'd never straight up said anything to offend me, but he knew instinctively, like I was annoying, you know? So he apologized to me. And then as, as, as I got to know him, he said that, um, what made when, him change? What made him change was he actually said it in class. One time he said it in class. He said to the professor, you know, back in the day, I used to judge people and be really mean to people who, who ate cheese. You know, oh, man, I'd, I'd take them to town. You know, if they ate cheese, I was all over them, you know, and I'd attack them and judge them and all these things. And but the thing is, I had I had issues in my own life that I hadn't dealt with. Mm. And it, it turns out that he had a lot of trauma from his childhood that he had never, ever dealt with. And, and he told the professor in front of class, he's like, I finally sat down and dealt with my trauma. I dealt with my issues. I, 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 I found some healing. And he's like, and now I can eat cheese. You know, <laughs> it was really dumb the way he said it. <laughs> but the point, the point he was making was like, the, the way I treated others was a direct expression of the way I felt about myself. And when I yes. finally dealt with my real issues, now I can love people. You know, now I, mean, I can love people. I mean. And it's not that his pain magically went away or anything like that, because that's not how trauma yes. works. But 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 confronting it and experiencing healing now enables him to to love on others. And, and he's such a different person, bro. Like, wow, love Praise being God. around him now, you know, love being around him. But it's so true. Like, I think a lot of times we try and make this whole thing about, you know, how do you reach people um, that are unreachable? And we try and make this really philosophical. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I don't mind that, you know, like postmodernism, metamodernism, I don't mind studying the philosophy and, and the background of existentialism and how people categorize reality today. I talk about that on my podcast as well. I don't mind that, but we have to also put that aside sometimes and get down to the nitty gritty that oftentimes is as simple as loving yourself. Yes, and, yes sir. And if you, if, you, if you don't have a relationship with God where you feel safe and loved and accepted, how will you ever extend that same experience to others you know exactly exactly yeah. that's why i'm saying um love your neighbor like you love yourself man everybody hates themselves so it starts mm. with you looking in the mirror um i think michael jackson had a song i'm looking in the man in the mirror 
Mm. Uh, but it, it starts with you. It, and it's really that simple, man. But I, I, I went to a gang, uh, Help Stop Gang Violence panel in Chicago with the noise. Uh, it's so bad they call it a Chirac. And, mm. and, but it was, it was like a doctor, uh, a, a theologian, uh, uh, it, you know, it was uh, a mayor. Everybody was in the panel, and then they had a ghetto preacher. <laughs> <Me>. <laughs> and and everybody was giving these these school word answers, and, and the kilometer of the centimeter of the kilometer of the... I don't even know what half that means, right? <laughs> I, I was spaced out thinking about the, the food we were going to eat afterwards. But um, <laughs> but they, they came to me, and my... How do we stop gang violence? And, and I just kept Jesus... Just mm. simple, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And everybody was giving like seven minutes answer, man. But sometimes it is that easy, man. Sometimes it, it is that easy. Um, but, but we don't believe it because all our lives we've been working. Like we work to get a paycheck. We, we study to get a good grade. Um, we work out to get a good body. So, you know, we, 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 we try to conquer the girl and we bring the roses and all that. It's it's always we get something out of the deal mentality. Mm. It's never just because mm. you know what I'm saying. It's never just just because it's right. Mm. Just be, why did you do that? Just because it was right. Mm. You know, there's right. nothing, no strings attached. It goes back to what we were saying earlier. Mm. Absolutely, man. And the beautiful yeah. thing is, and and this is the thing that I've discovered as well from from hanging out with secular people, unchurched people, post-church people, whatever you want to call them, yeah. is that when you approach people with that mentality, with that angle, with that energy, it's counterintuitive because people are actually way more open to what you have to say. Yeah. They're way yeah. more open to, to, to your belief. Like if I, if I go to my secular friends and I'm like, hey, you know, um, you know, the Bible says this and this is the truth and what you believe is, is false. It's, it's a wrap. It's done. We're never going to talk again. But by simply approaching them and saying, you know, when we get into spiritual conversations and, you know, one of the guys that I was, I was hanging out with some years ago was a secular Buddhist, right? And I'd say, oh, tell me about secular Buddhism. You know, what, what is it? What, what is it that, what positivity has it brought to your life? Tell me your story, how you got connected with it and, 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 and what it's been like for you. And just listen, you know, listen without trying to prove it wrong, right? Because that's the yes. thing, like a lot yes. of times in the church, oh. we study what other people believe so we can find where it's wrong. We so, are so, authors that write books to fight other religions. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've actually learned to study what other people believe so I can appreciate it. I may not agree with it, but I just, I want to appreciate it. I want to know why is this so valuable to this guy or this girl? You know, why is it so meaningful for them? And once they've shared with me, I'm like, well, you know, we go back and forth. We talk a little bit about it. And I say, well, here's my story. Like, um, you know, I'm a follower of Jesus and here's what Jesus has done for me. Here, here's why I believe in him. And the, the environment and the, you know, the milieu is so open and welcome. And there's yeah. like so attentive and they're listening. Cause it's like, I didn't come in there like, oh yeah, you know, if you're a Buddhist, you can't go to heaven and you know, it's Jesus only and look at what the Bible, you know, it's just like, tell yeah. me your story. Now I'll share mine. And we just, we just go back and forth. You know, we just go back and forth because I believe that Jesus, if he's lifted up, he'll draw men to himself. He doesn't need my help. Right. Exactly. And, and if we're sharing back and forth, Jesus doesn't need my arguments to make him look good. So long as I lift him up, 
the spirit of God's going to draw that person. I, mean, I don't, I don't need the help. You know, in fact, if I try, I usually mess it up. So <laughs> <laughs> when they so, look at me, they're like, no, I never want to be a Christian. <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. Yeah. But, but when yeah, they see man. Jesus, that's it, bro. It's so powerful. Amen. It's so beautiful, man. And, um, Amen. I had, a, I had another, another question that I wanted to do. Well, maybe, maybe two more, two more, two more questions that I wanted to, um, to, to, to poke at before we close. Um, all right. So if there's somebody listening to the podcast today and they're like, you know, I'm really struggling with church. I'm struggling with everything that you've described. And I'm just about ready to check out and forget this whole thing and just move on. What would you say to someone like that? Well, I'll tell them and the leaders uh, something. First, them. Uh, I'll tell them, uh, and, and it's, it sounds like the typical pastor, something uh, up. Maybe this is the old school in me, but I would tell them you got to stay in the boat. Um, you got to stay in the boat because the boat saved Noah's family's life, even though it smelled um, like, you know, um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it smelled like heck, but. You had to stay in the boat to survive the flood. Hmm. So hang in there, hang in there, because pretty soon the the, the, the door of the boat is going to open and you're going to see rainbows and, and, and flowers. And, and But you have to hang in there because we are imperfect sinners in an imperfect church trying to serve a perfect God, and sometimes it's hard. Hmm. You know, there's going to be hypocrites in the church but you know what? Amen that there's hypocrites in the church because at least there, God can change them. Mm. If we're going to rule them out, then might as well you leave as well because the minute you step into a church, that church ain't perfect no more because you in it. Mm. So it's it's hanging there, please, because because when the smoke clears, at least in my life, all the, all, all the roads led me back to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? When the smoke cleared, it was always Jesus. Yeah, man, we're not perfect, man, but at least it's a life raft, you know? And, yeah. for, and for the leaders, I would say, man... And, and this, this is good, because that was actually going to be my second question. Is like, all right, like, so what would we say to, to churches as a whole, like to leaders? Like, okay. How can we... What can we start doing to make this an environment that is more redemptive for people who don't fit yeah. in, who don't, who don't match the script, you know, guys like yourself who come from a background, you know, gangs and, you know, you, you don't do the suit and tie, you know, you don't do the script, you know, like how can we make this an environment that's meaningful for you and, right. and for, and for people who have a, a similar experience. Yeah. Right. One time I was in the panel with a bunch of old heads and um, it, it was in the, in the big conference and, and they were saying, how would we um, reach the youth? Um, and I said, well, first of all, look at the panel today. There's like 17 old people. Where's the youth? Where, you know, it, it, listen, 17. And then we have this stupid thing called um, AY uh, or, or Salado Hoving once a month or once a year. Um, youth Sabbath. What, that's so stupid. Or, or, or even Youth Sunday, whatever. If you're telling the youth that you love them only one time a year. There cannot be a church with 14 old people in the front. It got to be seven old people and seven young people. Together we finish the work. The wisdom of the old school and the energy of the new school, together we finish the work. Why are they leaving your church? Because 
there's all old people in your church. Listen, you're, you're in the army, my man, and thank you for your service. And my dad was, was army as well. But the army and the Marines, and they trust an 18-year-old person with a drone or with a machine mm -hmm. gun, and we can't trust them in the pulpit? Mm. Something rotten in Denmark with that, man. It's, it's come, let's reason together. Old school, show us the way. New school, let me know about that Zoom. Let me know about that Snapchat. Let me know about the flowers and the birds coming out of your head on every profile picture. Holler at your boy. Get me in tune to what's going on, and I'll tell you how we made it back in the days. But together, mm. but the old people feel threatened by the by the new school, and the new school don't want nothing to do with the old school. It's mm. like together we have to come and finish it, man. That's why that's why the disciples were uh, a motley crew. You know, it was different dudes, a, a, a treasurer, a, a fisherman, a, a gangster, a zealot. Man, God took all of them, young young dudes, old dudes. God, God took all of them, man. And we have to do the same thing, man, accept them, accept, accept us first, accept me. I got to accept myself mm. and then um, everybody else, man. But absolutely but man. no man we we can't we can't do that we can't do it separate we can't get youth one sabbath a year whoever's hearing me any pastor that's hearing me right now you cannot give your youth one youth sabbath or one youth sunday one special program every saturday or sunday has to be a program for the youth and for the old mm. period mm. intergenerational the, bro yeah yeah and if the yeah. old school can't handle the new songs Come on, it's on the old school and the new, and the new school. Come on, we gotta respect the hymns as well. So mm. there's gotta be come this reason together. There's gotta be a way where we can meet somewhere, man, in order to go home. Because the Bible says in the new heaven and the new earth, John saw people with different tongues, what speaking a different language. It's not not even in heaven. Thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit that we're going to be able to translate. But everybody, I'm going to be speaking Spanish. What well, or Spanglish in the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> and, and, and everybody, you know, that's what Jesus is going to be speaking anyways, because his name is Jesus. For those of you who are just have... tuning in, according to according to every Latinx person on the planet, <laughs> um, Spanish is the language of heaven, just so you know. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Peter, Peter was Simon Pedro. That's Mexican all the way. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that man. And there's there's really two key things that you've highlighted today that I want to I want to wrap up with. And I think the first one is this concept of 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 accepting and loving yourself uh, within your experience with God. And as you were just sharing, it it, it hit me as well that you know. I grew up in the church, so I'm familiar with the script. The script that we create to say, this is who's in and this is who's out. And the script usually is a middle-class person with not too many vices, um, you know, moderately educated at the least, and, um, you know, not too crazy, not too, not too out of whack in um, their personality and their fashion and their styles or their expressions, anything, you know, sort of a, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Moderate in, in those areas. And, and the difficulty with that is that 
what happens when a person who doesn't fit that script, right? A person covered in tattoos, a person with long hair, a person with, you know, loopy, you know, those, with those, those giant earlobe earrings, you know what I'm saying? The ones that open up your <laughs> yeah, earlobe. Yeah. When Jeff they Hardy's, turn up, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When they turn up and they don't fit in to that script and they feel like in order to follow Jesus, they have to adopt that script. Um, and if they don't adopt the script, then they're looked down on or they're judged or they just don't fit in. And I, I, I remember an experience that I've had in my life, and it, it was really powerful, where I came face to face with my own brokenness. Mm. And I gave that brokenness, I brought that brokenness, right, that shame, that depravity, I brought it to God. I didn't hide from it, I didn't try and cover it, I just, I brought it to Him. And what I found was acceptance, and grace, and Amen. love. And because of that experience with God, Whenever I meet someone who's not like me, who's, who has different ethics to me or different um, convictions to me, I can't judge them, even if I wanted to. I just, I can't because I know how messed up I am and I know how much grace God showed me. And if God can show me grace, man, I better show other people grace, you know? And, and I think if we have that experience in, in, in each of our churches where we collectively come face to face with our brokenness and learn to accept ourselves in light of God's grace, all of this kicking your brother out because he had long hair and, you know, <laughs> calling your sisters prostitutes because they wore earrings, you know, like all this stuff will go away, man. Like I've often yeah. said like gossip is the symptom of a person who believes they're not broken. Mm. When you know you're broken, because we all are, and Amen. you know how much grace you are a recipient of, man, you just, you can't, man, you, you can't keep doing, you know, you, you gotta love, you, you just, it just oozes out of you, you know, and, and secondly, this, this concept of coming together and learning to work together as, as a people, you know, young people, old people, really that intergenerational connection. And, and, and I think you know, loving ourselves as part of that as well, because I can't love the older generation. The older generation can't love me if we haven't come to that yeah. place of acceptance of our own brokenness and the grace that we're, we've received. So that's really yeah. powerful, and, bro. And yeah. Thank you, bro. Thank praise God. And, and look at, um, so old people you should not feel threatened because, because God used Moses when he was old and Abraham, and, and, and he also used David when he was young. We can't be threatened by each other, man, together. Um, and, and and maybe to finish it off, like we were saying um, earlier, I think it all sums down to loving ourselves first. Because the reason I can say that I'm still standing 20 years in one of the most conservative religions ever, 20 years, is because I've learned how to love myself. Therefore, when someone talks junk or smack. I don't pay you no mind. Sometimes it does hurt, but don't pay you no mind. Because listen, the, Jesus is the one that paid the ultimate price for me, and I'm not moving anywhere. Mm. I'm not going nowhere. I've already been to hell. There's no way I'm going twice. Right now, I'm in the boat, and it stinks, but I'm going to stay in there. You know what I'm saying? We have to change the method, mm. never the message. Mm. The method must change. And how do we do that? Talk. Mm. Ask the youth, hey, what can we do? Uh, talk, this reason together. And then old people, we can say, no, no, that, that you, you're going too far. Okay, maybe I am. You know, together, 
but mm. change the method, never the message. I, I, I was real quick, I was um youth pastor of one of the biggest churches out here called Lighthouse. It says, um, it's come as you are, it's, it's called a church without doors, without walls, I'm sorry, a church without walls. And we would we would minister to the worst neighborhood in Florida. Um and, and we would minister to them. We met them at their needs first. We had a little cookouts with them and all that. And then was, hey, if you guys want, we got a church over there. You guys don't have to. And then they just they just started coming by themselves, man. Mm. It, it was never pressured on them. It's, we're still gonna come because we love you. It, it was never been. And and, and I, I always rocked it like this, you know, t-shirt, hat. You, you can't you can't go to minister to the streets with a suit inside. They're gonna think you're a detective. <laughs> then they're gonna run. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but meet them, meet them at their needs, man. Meet them at their needs. Change the method, never the message, and look in the mirror first. Mm. I love it, bro. I love it, Willie. Before we wrap up, man. Before, before we wrap up, thank you again. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to to hang out with us today, and and just share share your story and and your wisdom as well uh, with us. I really, really appreciate it, man. Before we wrap up. I want, just want to give you a chance to plug some of uh, some of the projects you're involved in. I know you got a website, you got some books as well. Yeah, tell us about it. How can we find you? Somebody's like, "Hey, I love this ghetto preacher guy. I want to get in touch with him. I want to I want to read his books. I want to follow him uh, on social media." Um, I'll post all the links under the show notes. But tell us um, right now what what you've got out there. Okay, and thank you, man, for for this awesome opportunity that you give me to to talk and praise God. Um, Thank you, man. May God bless you. The Bible says that he will bless those that bless you. So um, may you and your wife be blessed. Um, I got www.ghettopreacher.com. www.ghettopreacher.com. There's um, a blog. I, I write stuff there. I, I draw cartoons, Christian cartoons as well. Um, also, uh, I'm an author, so you can get um, some of my books. I wrote um, three books and co-authored four, so seven total. Um, a movie I filmed that you can also get it through there. I'm going to film another movie after the quarantine, praise the Lord, called Gladiator School, um, about a Christian police officer going up against a, a gang of thieves. But um, so www.ghettopreacher.com, you can get my merchandise, my T-shirts. Um, also uh, on Facebook, uh, Willie with a Y, Ramos, R-A-M-O-S. And on the gram is at the ghetto preacher. And you spell it correctly. Um, I don't have a snap or nothing like that or TikTok. I tried the TikTok thing, man. I'm too old for that. Yeah, yeah. I, tried. I, I was like, nah, this ain't for me. Yeah, I broke my hip the other day. Someone challenged me on TikTok, so I just blocked everybody and took down the app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, bro. Willie, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you hanging out with us today and sharing again. Guys, all those links that Willie mentioned, they're going to be in the blog and they're going to be in the show notes as well for the podcast. Uh, how me... to connect with people who don't like church. Willie, I'm going to give you the last word, bro, and then we're, we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, if I can pray for your viewers or, or, or people that are listening and pray for you as well, man. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you because you're outside the box. And thank you because you are conservative as well. Thank you because you talk in many languages and you reach us where we are. You can reach millionaires, yet you can go to the gutters and rescue punks like me. Thank you, Lord, for this podcast, man. May the... The people that listen, man, may, may, 
May Marcus become Joe Rogan status, you know what I'm saying, with millions of people. Not not for his sake, but to glorify you, God, you know. This is for you. You open the doors or close the doors that you want to shut in every one of our lives, Lord. And just be with us. Help us understand each other, old and new. And Lord, um, let us focus on the things that we need to focus on, not the petty things, you know, that dress code and stuff like that. And Lord, um, teach us how to love each other and how to love ourselves. And most importantly, how to love you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.